After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Please move it. Please move it. Please move it. I got to admit this. I made a mistake. I think I'm bang on this. I'm bang on. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Watch it here. Good checking, guys. That's good play. Josh, I always get confused at this time of the year. You know, we've gone through the season, or have we really gone through the season? I guess the the confusion for me comes in, when does the new season start? You think that after the Stanley Cup is awarded, okay, so that's the end of the season. But then you have the NHL draft, which is kind of starting anew, starting fresh. So is that the start of the season? But wait, there's more. Shortly after that, you have NHL free agency, which again, a lot of new, a lot of things. So I'm I'm not really sure when the season starts and when we'll actually start the new season of the Scouting the Refs podcast. Can we get any sort of clarity on that? Sure, we, we can get an official ruling on that. And I will say unequivocally, I just checked the, uh, the rule book here. The season <laughs> ends when the offseason begins and the offseason ends when the season begins. So... Much like goaltender interference, we're going to make this as, as clear cut as possible. Uh, we know we know there's a line there, but you know where it is exactly, we can't quite say. But, I I would like to send that that ruling to video review if I could, please. I think uh, I think it's a good call. You know, it's funny though because we do the, the, there's so many things that happen in the off season that are not part of the actual NHL season, but everything's year round. I mean, these guys aren't. They're not playing in NHL games, but they're not stopping. Even the officials, they're going year round. So there's not really as much of an off season as there was years past where they would literally drop the sticks, drop the bag, go have a beer, hang out at the cottage, rest up for a few months. It doesn't happen. It's it's a it's a 12 month a year thing. And I think Todd officially for the scouting the refs podcast, I think our season starts in September because we're building up. We're, we're getting ready for the start of the season. So uh, I think we're, we're right at the end of our 21-22 season and about to jump into season four of the podcast. I was going to suggest that the new season start with with training camp because that's kind yes. of when it all comes together for me. So that's sort of really the new the kickoff of the of the next season. So we'll say that we're wrapping up now and we'll be kicking off season four coming up soon. Does that make sense? That's a perfect sense. That's when we get the new officials coming in, which we'll yeah. find out about. That's when we get any rule changes that we get any word to tweaks or what the NHL's doing. So, yeah, I think uh, I think for for us, the preseason is about to get underway. Please make sure you're following us on our social channels for the Scouting the Refs podcast. For Josh, of course, it's at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram. You'll get me at Todd Lewis Sports on both Twitter and Instagram. On this week's episode, as we're calling it the conclusion of season three of the Scouting the Refs podcast, off-season, what off-season? The World Championships continue. The women's game gets going next. We've got new recruits getting put through their paces. And, oh, we had a busy World Juniors tournament. And congratulations to Team Canada, by the way, for a very dramatic overtime victory in the World Junior Tournament. Can we officially say, Josh, that this was the longest World Junior Tournament ever, <laughs> taking about eight months to conclude? You know, it, it started in December, then the games didn't count, then we started back up again. I think it was the longest and potentially will be the longest ever from the opening game until the close of the gold medal game. But I'll, I'll tell you, it was, a, it was a fun one. It was exciting. It was great to have overtime. And, and I don't know about you, Todd, it was disappointing 
to see the empty stands. You know, I was it's always fun with an audience and coming out of COVID and the bubble, I was really missing that we weren't back to a, a large crowd for this. But at the same time, it was kind of fun to have some hockey in the summer when there's really no other hockey going on. So it, it was a welcome diversion. I, I think that's it. It was a bit of a confusing thing in terms of how the tournament all came about. Once again, it was off, it was canceled, it was rescheduled and restarted. You've got all of the uh, the Hockey Canada stuff that's going on and that can't help but affect the the audience for the tournament. It's just, it's so out of place. It's in Edmonton, whose summer is very short. So I think that affected it as well. But we did have a very active tournament in terms of officiating and playing going on with, as you counted up, eight major penalties, <laughs> yes. including two match penalties. And yes, our old friend, the Slewfoot resurfaced. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say nice to see him because we were never happy when the Slewfoot shows up. But uh, everyone always takes notice when he does. And uh, USA responsible for that one. Berard called for the Slewfoot against Czechia there. But yeah, it was a it was a busy one. And under the IHF rules, we've got video reviews for these penalties. We had some that were confirmed as majors or match penalties, and we had some that were not, that were then downgraded to a minor penalty. We even saw that in the gold medal game. So a busy one for the officials. Thankfully, we avoided suspensions. We had one back in December in a game that didn't count, but we didn't have any in these games. So, you know, good job, guys. I, I think maybe they, they cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> I, I, yes, you could say that they cleaned it up a little bit and that there were no suspensions, but you know, majors and match penalties, oh, yeah. that's, that's pretty active for, uh, for a summer hockey league. And it's funny how sometimes the summer hockey leagues get that way, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, you look at them when they happen, was it, it was predominantly in competitive games that we saw this. So where, where the battles were hard fought and, uh, people were taking exception to it. And that's, that's typically when you see the teams ramp up the physical play, especially in international hockey, you're not getting a fight. You're not dropping the gloves. So you just see that physical aggression manifest in sometimes hits that are over the line. So it was nice to see them penalized appropriately. I think the officials did a good job with it. Obviously unfortunate, and, and you hope that no one's getting injured as a result of these, especially in a summer league, because these, these guys are getting back to work in October. We were just talking about seasons. This is a, a potentially huge impact on what would be their upcoming season. So I, I that think that's the scariest thing to me, is you don't want to see anybody injured as a result, especially when it's happening in August. No, absolutely. And that was part of the reason that some were tentative about attending and curious about these young players participating in the World Junior Tournament so close to training camp. Ridley Gregg of Team Canada is going to miss a few weeks. They do expect him to get back in for, for preseason games, right. but that's the risk that you run playing in a tournament like this so close to NHL training camp where you've got a chance to be on an NHL roster. Yeah, you just you think of the the impact of that of is it going to cost you an NHL roster spot? Is it if you're an undrafted player, is it going to cost you potentially a spot in the draft? Or are you going to drop down a few rounds? So big, big impact always from these situations. And I think that's why it's on the officials and the IIHF to try to call it tight, to try to minimize that and do do the best they can to try to keep those plays out of the game. Up next is the Women's World Championships, which I'm, I'm, I'm again, glad is going to be played because it has been such a challenge navigating through the last couple of years for, for the women's game. We're expecting another confrontation uh, challenge, if you will, between Team USA and Team Canada. Those are the two dominant teams, but regardless, it should be fun to watch. It always is. Always a fun tournament to watch. Absolutely. It's I mean, it's it's nice to see those two. You know they're going to meet in the final. It's fun to see the teams that are battling. And I know there's definitely two tiers. You're looking below the USA-Canada level. But even for those teams to battle it out and you see how far the respective nations have come when it comes to the women's game and that they continue to grow. And 
Sweden, Finland have, have kind of had some showings that were a little bit stronger there. You hope to just see that continue to grow internationally so that they can compete with USA and Canada. But I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that we know who the the extreme favorites to show up in that gold medal match are. And and I think on the other side of the coin, you look at all the opportunities for the officials that are coming up and, and some great officials, some great women that get to work this tournament from all over, Canada, the US, Finland, Austria, Latvia, Slovakia, Germany, Belgium. So it'll be a nice, diverse group of officials, some of whom have been at the NHL Exposure Combine, some of whom have had opportunities perhaps at the AHL level and looking to continue their career so for the women's game great to see the officials that are selected an honor for them to be working and I'm, I'm as much as i'm happy for the teams i'm happy for these officials that they get the women's world championship taking place again these are the forgotten about group that do participate in these world championships and big international events and it's important to their careers as well as you mentioned there's there's opportunities at, at other leagues and in, and to move up the ranks and by having the exposure by having the reps being out on ice in these high level tournaments that's that's how that's how players grow that's how officials grow as well absolutely you you've, you've got to make your time on the ice you've got to potentially make the mistakes you've got to learn from them but getting the spotlight on you working these world championships is this is the the greatest stage that you're looking at for women that are in officiating internationally so you look at this and then when the opportunity comes up you're looking at the olympics so great honor for for these women and hopefully this is a, a step for them in in kind of proving their case as as we look for more women to join the ahl officiating ranks and we still wait for that first one to join the national hockey league I wanted to ask you about that, and I will again in a second, but I also wanted to ask, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, with the television production of the Women's World Championships that will be taking place, we have a wonderful moment at the start of the tournament, similar to the start of the World Juniors, where the referee that was mic'd up had perhaps the... <laughs> The funniest comment at the start of a game between Team USA and Team Germany. I watched it, I don't know how many times, and every time I watched it, I laughed. Sunday's already watching you. <laughs> that is how great. How can you not laugh at that? Every time I, I played it, I honest to goodness, I must have played it a dozen times, <laughs> and I laughed every time. Full marks to finish referee Riku Brander for that one. I know the guys had fun at previous tournaments. We've had some of those opening face-off kind of words of encouragement or, or hype messages. You know, we look coming out of COVID, Kelly Sutherland gave a little preamble before he dropped the puck. And then at some of the previous international tournaments, we've had some some hype messages from the refs. So, you know, get the guys going, have a little fun with some commentary. But nice, nice of Riku Brander to, to kind of put a little more stress on the fact that these guys are, are being watched and it's more than just the referees who are seeing if they've been naughty or nice out there if if i had been standing at center ice to take that <laughs> face off i probably would have lost the draw without ever moving because yeah. i would have been laughing it just would have caught me so off guard but it 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 serves as maybe a little reminder too that okay we're watching we don't want to call penalties but you know we are going to call penalties if we have to and don't forget it could cost you a lump of coal in your stocking yeah, exactly and you know, as much as you don't want to spend time in the box it's it's that that day in december that you really don't want to find out that you're on the wrong side of the law plus you know it's an icebreaker you're opening up the game you want these guys to be yeah. loose everybody's nervous so uh, nice to have a little fun with it and, and i'm glad i don't know if the IHF is encouraging it but i'm glad they're allowing it because I, I i like to see that personality from the officials you kind of take ownership and we know there's plenty of chatter on the ice so great to share that with the folks at home and, and have a little fun 
Exactly. And there's, it's good to have the sense of humor and, and have some fun. We'll see if anything like that comes out of the women's tournament. There are still some camps that are wrapping up for the summer officiating camps. I know that you've highlighted a number of them. Let's mention as well that there have been at least a couple of announcements of new officials that will be taking jobs in the Quebec Junior Hockey League because this coming season. Yep, we're still waiting to hear what's happening at the AHL and NHL level, and a lot of that hinges on the exposure combine. But some of the other leagues we'll see from the WHL and the OHL and potentially even the ECHL on some of the upcoming hirings, who's joining the leagues or who's getting promoted. So great to see the queue making a couple announcements, adding seven officials, promoting two from linesman to referee for the upcoming season. So congratulations to those folks. We cover them all over at scoutingtherefs.com, but nice to see that and wishing them best of luck either in their new or their changing careers in the QMJHL. Congratulations to all. Now, we've teased it a couple times, so let's talk a little bit about the NHL Exposure Combine, which is the way the league sort of brings in those that they think might be interested in, might be capable of making the leap from often player to NHL official. It will, of course, probably start with an apprenticeship in the American Hockey League. But this is a, a, a great opportunity to get out on the ice, to get a feel for, for those participating to see if it's something that they want to pursue and for the league to have a look and say, yeah, this is someone we need to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And, and you're right. It pulls from all different places. So they're looking at younger officials, amateur officials, folks that have shown potential along the way. They're also looking at transitioning guys and girls who've played the game at a high level that might want to make the jump to officiating. So Division One experience, Division Three, Canadian experience, international. And they're putting them all together and they want to see from this pool of officials, over 100 folks participating there, who's got it? Who are our high potential officials here? Who has the tools and the decision making and the composure and the skating ability to keep up with it? And they put these folks through their paces, whether it's on ice work, whether it's playing games, it's fitness testing. It's pretty intense. It's an intense four days in Buffalo and they go through and they, they've recently wrapped up. And I think some of the decisions and some of their findings you'll see is, is what will start to come out now directing who is working in the ECHL. Did the NHL find a couple people that they want to send to the AHL or does this drive who gets hired at the NHL level? So I, I think coming out of this, we'll learn a lot more. But yeah, it's a it's a grueling I don't want to say it's stressful, but, you know, it's an it's an opportunity. It's your audition effectively for these officials. And for some, it might be their first time out there. But as we've seen in the past, we've had guys hired right out of the exposure combine that are working in the AHL, starting officiating in the AHL and, and moving quickly to the NHL level. So, yes, a huge, huge opportunity. It's kind of like teams in whichever league doing open tryouts as you'll hear of occasionally it's often in baseball or some some other leagues it's like we're having open tryouts if you if you think you're good come on out these this is a little more formal and i think the routine is a little more structured as you said playing games and uh, officiating games i suspect there's a a written test component that they must pass here as well yeah you have to think that the rule book part is the most intimidating for some of these folks if you've come in playing as a high level certainly you know your way around the ice and you might understand what your expectations are but it might it's it's dramatically different on the other side of the whistle and knowing the rule book and knowing the intricacies of each rule inside and out and, and even the differences if they've officiated in different organizations or internationally to come and apply that NHL rule book which i know we've we've looked and we've talked about it in the past trying to get them all on the same page with things but i'm sure 
if I were coming in as a former player, that'd probably be the most intimidating part to me is, you know, let me out on the ice. I can see what I can do. But, oh, the written test. It's like uh, it's like driving the car, right? The, the road test is the easy part. It's not multiple choice either, <laughs> no. is it? <laughs> no, not so, at all. The the other the other thing is I'm imagining as if it's a, a player that's considering transitioning over to being an official is arguing the test mark saying it's like, look, where I come from, that's not a penalty. <laughs> yeah, that, knowing, knowing it, being confident in yourself to do it and then being on the other side of things to say <laughs> when you were the guy arguing with the ref. Uh, as a player, you've got a whole new perspective on what that conversation is like when you're doing it as an official. So yes, you'd, you'd better know the rule book inside and out. And I don't think it's something they work on in camp, but maybe in, the, in their downtime, they can practice their, uh, their courtroom arguments so that they're ready to deal with opposing coaches. Yes. And we have seen that women have been part of this exposure camp previously. We've seen women officials working at NHL events previously, whether it's junior tournaments, whether it's the all-star weekend, my fingers are crossed. It is long overdue the time, Josh, that we have female officials make the jump into the National Hockey League. It's time. I really hope that we're ready to take that step. I, I think we've been getting there. I think last year was huge with the AHL bringing on 10 women to work games and certainly the inclusion of women in the NHL exposure combine. I know there were at least uh, close to a dozen, maybe more. I, we don't have the official numbers for who was participating, but we know that there was a contingent of women that took part in this year's combine. So hopefully a few more have been identified that might be able to join the AHL. And then from the work they've done, from the effort, the output that we've seen from some of those AHL officials, maybe this is the next step. Maybe this is the season and we'll find out shortly, but maybe we have a strong enough case and there are some talented women, some great officials with some amazing skating ability that have all the tools they need to be successful. And, and maybe this is the year, Todd, and we'll, we'll find out soon enough. I, I wonder how it will happen when it does. I think it's only a question of time. Will it be that they finally get exposure in preseason exhibition games and then make the announcement afterwards? Because if you're going to do this, it's the right thing to do because you want the best available officials. And there are women that have proven that they are capable of working at high levels of hockey. You want the best PR uh, bounce for your for your announcement as well. And that's that's something that the league has to consider. Absolutely. And I think from an NHL standpoint, we typically have only seen non NHL officials officiate an NHL preseason game when it's an international one. So at some of the international exhibitions, they've had local IIHF officials step in to join, you know, one NHL referee, one linesman, and then one from the local organization. So they've done that internationally. Domestically, we have not seen them use anyone who wasn't already an NHL official, either NHL full-time or NHL AHL who had just been hired. So I think we will see them. I think it, it, it might take a little bit of the thunder because we would potentially know in advance of that. And then there would potentially be a preseason debut before it happened in an NHL game. So once we see them in the preseason, I'm going to assume that that means that they're on the NHL roster. So just a matter of time and uh, just more of what we see in the AHL. And if we see any at the e ECHL level, I think that'll all be a clue to tip it in. But there's no way to have that debut happen until they work some preseason games. So I, I think we will we will see it coming. There's no way to avoid telegraphing that that it may or may not be happening. So Will this be the year? Well, we, we will know for sure during the preseason if we see women working those games.
Well, I certainly hope so. We'll we'll wait and see because this is now, as we've discussed, this is the end of last season. <laughs> yes. So now we are going to move ahead into the new season, season four, which will kick off with with training camp and preseason games and and all of the excitement that we're looking forward to with a brand new National Hockey League season and the rest of the leagues getting underway too. There is so much focus that we put on the NHL, of course, but all of the other leagues getting going as well. We're excited. We're looking forward to it. And okay, so it's over now and now we look ahead. Is that how this is going to work? Is yeah, there a big send off we should do? We're, we're, we're in the off season for about a week or two here. So uh, enjoy your off season, Todd, and we'll be, we'll be right back at it shortly. Thanks for listening to the Scouting the Refs podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram and follow Todd at Todd Lewis Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe out there. Keep it clean. Watch the elbows. We'll see you back out there on the ice.